Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, fellow explorers of the inner realms. Glad to have you back. I, of course, am Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host, sidekick, and man about town, Brian Tom O'Connor. <laughs> there you are, Brian. Uh, we're very thrilled to have two people here who are guest explorers that Brian will introduce in a moment. Uh, I'll just give you a tidbit of why we introduced them, uh, they've created some movies that uh, if you wanted to know everything about the earth that was weird, wonderful, and amazing about Awakening, I think their movies cover it all. Uh, and you may have seen them, you've probably heard of them. But before we talk to them, uh, Brian, why don't you tell them or tell our guests, tell our listeners uh, about uh, our guests? Sure. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, Daniel J. Schmidt founded the not-for-profit Awaken the World Initiative in 2012, and Tanya Mahar joined the team in 2016. Together, they create films, run the Samadhi Meditation Center in Canada, and engage in other projects that support the ATW Initiative. They believe that through the sharing of our own inner journeys, it is possible to inspire and support others on their path. Their films include Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds, and Samadhi. And I just have to add my own note that these films are absolutely gorgeous. Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds is in four parts, and Samadhi in two parts. And they're, they're absolutely visual treats and oral audio treats and food for the food for thought and food for the soul uh, uh, um, treats in that way. So I'm so happy you came on, Tanya and Daniel, to talk with us. Welcome. Mm, thank you. It's great yeah. to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of um, spiritual teachers and also people in the media. And I'm always impressed when people can take their, their worldview, their dream, and bring it to a wider audience. And you both have done that so well. I'm wondering a little bit about your journey. What inspired you to really have the background to make these movies? And what has been the experience of putting these wonderful uh, pieces of work out there to a large audience? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say, um, you know, my background, I've, I've had a sort of eclectic background in terms of my employment history and my you know working history so um i i was doing television shows for the discovery channel at one point mm -hmm. so um you know a, a lot of what i created back then you know was sort of cookie cutter you know stuff for tv but um i learned a lot of the skills um to put it all together and, and you know production skills and um i've been creating music since i was a little kid and uh, the show that I that I did for Discovery Channel was about animation, 
So I learned um, we were interviewing a lot of different animators and, you know, going to industrial light and magic and places like that. So I got to see the tools and the types of things for special effects that were out there, you know, and I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not an expert in any of that stuff, but I, I know enough that I can kind of hack my way through things. And um, so I've, I've accumulated a lot of just little pieces along the way. And I'll let you. Yeah, so I, I have a really, a very different way of showing up um, to work on these projects with Dan. So when Dan and I first uh, connected, we did a lot of meditation together. Every day, pretty much, we'd meet and do long sits um, as the Samadhi Center was being built and afterwards, and we would have long discussions afterwards. And this is when Dan was really, I think, still in the writing phase of Samadhi Part 1 when mm -hmm. I kind of came on the scene. And, and so we would discuss, you know, ideas in the film and, and um, you know, a, a big part of, I think, my role in the process was to get Dan to kind of communicate things in a very clear way, in a very kind of, you know, if someone didn't know much about meditation or about a lot of the, you know, traditions around meditation, could they understand what you're talking about? And so we you know, kind of, Dan really encouraged me early on to come help with the films. And, you know, I have 15 years working as a court reporter, mostly criminal courtrooms. So I had like zero experience in this field. And, um, but I loved just, you know, the exchange back and forth of ideas. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we would kind of bounce, uh, you know, just like approaches back and forth about how to convey how to convey what's happening on the cushion mm -hmm. to uh, folks through the films, through the narration and the images. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was a very slow process for me. I, I, Dan was very patient. He kind of kept just kind of very gently, you know, pulling me more and more into the projects. And, um, and I, I just found that um, it just kind of happened, you know, it was never a plan of mine. And, um, I just really felt an aliveness in me around the films. And if we were working on a part of the film, it was quite surprising for me that I would just feel like, oh, this isn't quite right. And we need to kind of go back and, and revisit. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was quite a, a strange, wonderful, uh, frightening kind of experience for me to kind of feel like, A, I was qualified and, uh -huh. and be, you know, be, and, and Dan had worked on his own for many years. So it was, mm -hmm. and it, it was, it was an interesting thing that started to happen because after doing inner worlds, outer worlds, you know, I felt this strong um, impulse to do the Samadhi film and I, I was writing, working away, you know, all this stuff was coming, but it, it was like, it, it was, it didn't have that sort of um, like when Tanya mentioned the inner aliveness, it didn't have that, connectedness to people you know that that sort of energy to connect with people and so i was i was just kind of stuck in a loop i was just kind of repeating creating over and over but it didn't feel right it didn't feel like it was making that connection and it's it's because it was waiting for tanya to come uh -huh. and, and to make that connection and and the neat thing about samadhi like making the samadhi film it's been a huge um sort of letting go experience because I'm, I'm used to being a bit of a, a one-man show kind of you know a bit of a control freak actually and you know samadhi of course is is about union it's about about letting go of yourself about let, letting go of that attachment so literally in order to deliver you know to be an effective delivery mechanism 
for the film, I've had to really go through, we both have, have sort of had to meet in this way where, you know, there's been a, a lot of friction, a lot of, a lot of challenges as we go through our paths, you know, kind of stripping away a lot of the, the nonsense that it was preventing us from, you know, letting it come through in a more pure way, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, as you describe that, it sounds a little bit like a little bit like what Brian and I have gone through in creating a podcast. You know, we're both uh, very opinionated and very enlightened, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah. That's my that's biggest problem. Who are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> no, so, uh, and, and, you know, I think it's really a, a spiritual process when two people can come together and create something better than the individuals could do for the sake of a higher purpose. And in that process, there's a, a letting go of some of one's rough edges. Mm -hmm. And so while you're creating something that is a benefit to other people in that process, you're going through a spiritual letting go process. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I get a sense of that from what you are speaking about. And uh, thank you for doing that. I know it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian and I have been pretty, uh, pretty um, uh, smooth in our ability to do this, uh, which I'm grateful for. But we're not uh, a couple, so it makes it a little easier. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. And we're, we're we're doing the um, the Samadhi Center as well. So you know we're both sort of going through this process. You know at the beginning you know, we, we didn't, we just felt the impulse to do it, but our teaching skills were not that great. So we've gone through a huge evolution there. And it's like, it's been like being in school, watching people go through, you know, doing these 10 day retreats and, and just mm. seeing what's happening, you know, watching the, you know, the, the different um, facets of, of the journey for different people. And so we, we've been, you know, being educated in many different ways through this process as well. So, mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, and there's been a lot of friction and, you know, it hasn't been an easy ride for sure. It's, uh -huh. you know, but a, a we, real accelerator too, in terms of, you know, heart opening to yeah, really... Well, that's, that's it. And, and um, you know, I, I think those two things go together. Like we can be like mirrors, like Tanya shows me all the things I don't want to see about myself. You know the, the the hard truth a lot of the time, and I try and do the same for her, and and that is what allows love to be there because love is is you know not separate from that truth. You know, because a lot of what passes for love is is I think kind of clinging and attachment and you know right. some some idea of how things should be, but um, you know that that truth of what we are. You know that we're not these limited characters that we're we're playing out um you know that to to stay connected to that truth requires i think a lot of um willingness to see <laughs> things that are not not always pleasant <laughs> that was just the word i was going to say it sounds like willingness to to allow this to allow yourselves to go through this and to stay open to things as they change and things as they might not go as you want seems to be so key so it's great to hear you say that mm -hmm. We, we have a teacher, um, Nico, as well, who has been 
instrumental in our our journey as well he's he wields the sword of truth and he's he's shown that shown us um you know some of our our biggest patterns so it's it's been so helpful it's the one thing out, out of anything on my path i think having someone just willing to you know well first of all able to see the patterns not everybody can see those patterns but then willing to to actually tell you you know not that, that to me is love even though it, in the moment it doesn't feel like love it feels like you're being dismantled but <laughs> yeah no i i have someone like that in my life as well for my wife and i and you know we haven't really talked much about the what could be called relationship yoga but when people come together and they're both trying to seek truth uh of course a lot of the shadow sides show up and um and in your case you have a you're working together so that brings even more of that uh yeah. to the surface and um i think part of the wisdom in your films really comes from your deep experience of being through this process yourself that uh there's a depth conveyed in it that might not be conveyed if it was just like uh uh an intellectual thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure, yeah. And one of the Ryan, you took like nine pages of notes on their films. I'm wondering uh, what you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I did. Well, a lot of it was because you so generously also provide PDFs of the text of the film. So I said a lot of it's just copying, copying and pasting my favorite quotes. But one thing that struck me was, um, you know, I, it, because it, it starts with a lot of talk about symbols and cultures in uh in ancient times and up to the present across all cultures it reminded me so much of um the joseph campbell interviews with bill moyers uh, the power mm -hmm. of myth i think it was mm -hmm. called and um but and so that was really fascinating and gratifying but i it, to me it went even a step further because then it goes into steps we can take what we can do as opposed to just mm -hmm. sort of a scholarly analysis. So it sort of starts with a scholarly analysis, but then they all go into what can we do? And mm -hmm. and um, so I'd love to, to hear about whether whether that was, was in indeed an influence. And also because one of your films is called Samadhi, and I don't know whether our audience all know exactly what that means, if you might go into a little detail about that. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So yeah, well, first of all, we we love Joseph Campbell. You know, he he's been definitely a huge in, influence, and also um, Carl Jung. Um, you know, the world the world of archetypes, symbols, all of that has been something that's that's been you know hugely um, you know stud draw for me. And uh, another another one is uh, Henry Corbin. I don't know. If you guys know him he was he was a huge influence on carl young he he was um sort of a, a master of of islamic studies and really into the the persian teachers um but he he um he talked a lot about the the imaginal realm um which um he distinguishes from imaginary you know the imaginal is really the the you know the subtle realm the intermediary intermediary realm which is you know composed of archetypes and and many different worlds as well so um so i've, I've been really really interested in that um a lot of it is 
come out of just weird experiences that I've had that I've been, I've tried to find other people who've had similar experiences. Um, so, um, and um, do, do you want to talk a bit about that as well? No, I think it's good. No, I think you. Yeah. And, um, you know, for Samadhi, um, you know, to me, like, Samadhi is, is uh, it's an, it's an interesting thing. Like, I think, um, you know, it means literally union, you know, union with, with all the different parts of our, ourselves, you know, re realizing our, our true nature, you know, so realizing that we're not this limited being, but, you know, there are these other hidden levels of self that exist, you know, in, in the, the Upanishads, they talk about how, you know, there's the mental and physical, which is what most of humanity is living on, but we have the subtle realm, you know, the, um, the higher mind realm or the, the Dharma realms. And then, and then we have the causal realm and, and the, you know, Samadhi is, is realizing this awakening or, you know, realization of this true nature that, you know, it, that sort of penetrates or permeates all of these realms because all of these realms are Maya essentially. But, but there's, there's, there's a, an awakened, sort of beingness or you know sometimes i i call it primordial consciousness that um you know if when when that primordial consciousness awakens and and doesn't come and go you know which for us it's still coming and going where we get good runs of it sometimes but that's that's the big sort of enlightenment you know which in some traditions or in vedanta it's toria you know that that presence um that that doesn't come and go that divine presence so um yeah so in in a lot of you know there are many different definitions of samadhi many different traditions use it in different ways in, in buddhism they they um you know equate it or or correlate it kind of with with concentration which is a big part of it because um part of it is being you know fully present sort of concentrated in the now but um you know the way we use it in the films is more connected to the um you know the upanishads the bhagavad gita um the you know the ancient teachings that um they they talk about it more um as um you know, penetrating the three realms or, or penetrating all of the layers of, of Maya, essentially, to, you know, to realize that ever-present primordial consciousness, I guess you would say. So is Maya the illusion of self? I think that's how you described it, in the illusion of the separate self? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, sometimes I think that's an important distinction. Um, you know, it's the separate or limited self, which is the illusion. So, um, you know, some teachers like, you know, obviously Ramana Maharshi or um, Vedanta, they talk about self with, with the big S, you know, so um, that's, that's something different, you know, to realize the, the true self or the, the imminent self is that primordial consciousness that I'm, that I'm talking about. So, um, so the, the illusion is that we're this limited form. So, you know, Maya is really being identified with this, this limited me, you know, this Dan character that's, that's here or Tanya character. You use the term, uh, of course, a, 
for the two of you, it comes and goes. I'm wondering what you do to help it, quote, come, and what tends to make it go in your personal practice. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, you use the word technique junkie, I think, Jonathan, uh, I think before we started the recording, and I resonate with that. So I started meditating some, I don't know, 20-something years ago, and it was, uh, you know, someone just, I think my brother handed me a cassette tape stack of John Cabot Zins. And I just did that. And then it was like Jack Cornfield. And then it was, you know, Adyashanti. And I would just kind of just cycle through and, and um, sometimes return back. And so, you know, I, I don't know, for me, I know everybody's path is different. You know, speaking to people who come to the center, some folks have just found, you know, the tradition that works for them and just hung, you know, stayed with the course there the entire time. And I've been more kind of slowly moving down the buffet table <laughs> and uh, I'll kind of linger at a dish I like and then move along. And so uh, there are certainly some teachings and teachers that have come along that have had, had a profound impact on my own ability to have these insights. But to be honest, I continue to kind of cycle through. I still haven't landed. I haven't really stuck. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. So I'm, I'm not suggesting it's the way to go for anyone. But for me, um, and having said that, I think it's helped to serve us with the films because just having a kind of broad, you know, taste of different traditions and techniques has helped, um, especially when it comes to, you know, when folks come to the meditation center and they perhaps have practiced, you know, particular techniques. We have maybe, uh, you know, at mm -hmm. least a, a base understanding maybe of, of what they've been working with and how they've been working with it. And so I don't know if that answers your question. It's not really an answer. Um, you know, I, I will say that have someone who I was driven into meditation as many people I think are through my own suffering. So, you know, I've had a lifelong experience with anxiety, um, you know, physical pain, chronic pain. Um, I had an addiction, you know, to alcohol for many years. And so, you know, that just by grace, I was driven towards meditation as a way to help me, you know, skillfully manage the reality of my life. Um, and time and time again, that's where I would find my relief. And then it kind of evolved to things would happen on the cushion. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, where did I go? Or, you know, that was weird. What do they call this? And, and uh, so it, that always fueled, you know, my hours in the cushion was just finding ways to, to feel my heart really too. Yeah. And I had my son, my son's 14, the first few years of his life, I have this beautiful baby. I'm like, I don't know if I feel my heart. I had so much armoring. It was so obscured by so many layers. And so meditation, that's, that's been a big part of my focus just to soften and to really truly feel that love Dan talked about where it's, it's not conditional on getting something back or, or someone being something or me being something, just, just connecting to that love that's, mm -hmm. that we are. Um, so, you know, so, you know, we talk about techniques, it, it kind of depends. I use, a, I, I use, a, I love Shenzhen Young's work. Mm. Um, I've gone kind of deep into the unified mindfulness system. And so I integrate a lot of his techniques and I also love the non-dual, uh, technique. So oftentimes I just weave both, um, literally into my daily practice and, that's worked for me, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I've used the buffet model myself. And so has, uh, so has Brian. Yeah, that really does strike a, a chord with me because things that may work today may not 
tomorrow for me mm -hmm. or, or for some people and not others. And mm -hmm. I, I find that I sit down with the intention of, of a certain one and then another one will, will just sort of will just sort of move in and say no this is what you need to be doing now mm -hmm. and exactly you know we talk about the techniques as being sort of stepping stones you know or or like a thorn to remove a thorn so mm. you know because the techniques themselves are conditioned they're obviously something that you learn but but the samadhi state you know to enter into that state it's it's a state it's an unconditioned state ultimately so these these techniques can be useful to you know if they're big conditioned patterns they can you can break up that that operation of the self structure but ultimately if you're still if you're just practicing a technique over and over you're there's that conditioning running and you'll never come to that still point um so so i think you know i i love vedanta when they say you know it is a thorn to remove a thorn you have to be willing you know or you know it, it's almost like if you do the technique long enough it kind of you know what, whatever you're doing if you're 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 you know observing the breath it's like this alchemy starts to happen and it's like you just merge into it and all of a sudden there's just breath or you're just breathing. So it's almost like the, the technique extinguishes itself if you, if you do it long enough, I think. Yeah, and I find that um, no matter what technique I'm using, let's say nothing is happening, or let's say I'm still lost in thought or I'm not um, really entering into the state of being aware of awareness or samadhi or whatever you want to call it. It's practically always because of one or two reasons. Either one, I'm trying to recreate some experience or state I had in the past, or I'm trying to prevent or get rid of some feeling or experience I'm having now. Mm -hmm. That's a profound insight. Yeah, my, that's, that's so, so, so important, I think. Um, you know, when I had my first samadhi experience, I spent several years after that trying to recreate that experience. You know, my mind was desperate to figure it out. And and the reason I had it was because I was a complete beginner. I, I went into the retreat with beginner's mind. So I had no idea. I just kind of mindlessly followed it. And then, you know, but then my mind was like, okay, I did it. it the mind took credit for it. And, and it's like, okay, I did it. You know, how did I do it? How, you know, and then I'm trying to recreate the circumstances. And, and um, but it was because the mind wasn't involved that it happened in the first place so so it's so tricky how we we try you know we we have these openings and then it gets appropriated by by the ego structure over and over and, and it's insidious how it works <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get that the way in is to be totally okay with whatever's happening that uh, that full allowance, even of hell, leads to heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. And you know, the equanimity or what, whatever you want to call that, being okay with what is, and and it's it's tricky because you can be in a state where you're you're not equanimous, but you you can actually you know there are these meta levels of it, so you can you can be okay with the fact that you're not equanimous. And so that there's always this sort of stepping back into this awareness that, you know, it's, I think there's always a crack, you know, it's like, um, 
was that Leonard Cohen said there's there's a crack in everything. So yeah, I, I think I don't know. There's there's a exactly. you know there's, there's always a little you know a, a possibility of of letting go or or um, stepping back a little bit. Yeah, we both love that uh, Leonard Cohen line. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, or something yeah, like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, my my sadhana um, and and my you know like the the um, samadhi part three is really about sadhana. It's about um, you know the the practices, and I think a, a big distinction, you know, one of, one of the most important distinctions in the film is that samadhi is is a state you know it's like the fourth state you know this this awakened state but it's there's also a stage of, of samadhi there's also this developmental stage and and that stage is really you know it's working within the self structure it's you know it's the the, the wiring the you know rewiring the the inner lotus the chakras um, you know, the, in spiral dynamics, it's all, you know, the spirals, how, however you want to, you know, describe this sort of unfolding development through the self-structure. And to me, that, you know, that's what allows Samadhi to become a more permanent acquisition is we, you know, we're working through this, you know, human process and, and developing the subtler and subtler wiring so that we, become sort of a purified vessel to be more permeable, I guess, to, to that awareness. So, so for me, you know, it's the more, the farther I go down that road, you know, yes, like we still do the practices, we're still running a retreat center. So a lot of the, you know, the times where that Turiya becomes present for me is during intensive practice, usually at retreats mm -hmm. or um, we're also doing um, iboga retreats with meditation. Um, uh, we're calling them I am retreats. So it's iboga assisted meditation. Um, and, you know, so those, those times of intensive practices are definitely when, you know, that, that sort of um, awareness becomes present. Um, but it's, there's also just life as well, which, um, you know, and I, the way I see it, it's like, over as you develop um, on the path, it's like your baseline of of sort of non-dual permeability gets gets a little um, higher. So you know you you get you know a little bit more awareness as as you progress on the path. And so you know so we we have, you know like anybody we lose it we we get identified with stuff. But I think if you look over the last 20 years, you know, I, I'm suffering less, hopefully cr creating less suffering for other people as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. so that to me is the measure is, is um, just that, um, you know, the identification gets less over time. That's beautiful. I have a question that probably only the two of you can answer. And that is, you probably made the, at least in recent years, the best known movies about practice and awareness and have reached an audience which is impressive not many people can do that and i'm wondering what the response is what do you get back or what how have people reacted to your movies mm. well, yeah all different ways but mostly um 
mostly very well. You know, we we get very little um, like we, we, we you know, if in terms of um, negative response, it's usually, you know, kind of, um, you, you know, it's not usually a sophisticated sort of critique or, or, or coming from someone, you know, who, who has had direct experience. It's usually, you know, more just like what you see on the internet kind of, you know, this, right. is, this is bullshit kind of thing. But, um, um, but overall, I would say, you know, it's been overwhelmingly positive and, and so much synergy has come from these films. You know, originally, like, it was a big decision to release them, you know, originally Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds, there, there was a point where I had to really let go and, and decide to release it for free, basically, if, you know, or, or treat it like a regular film and, and try and monetize it and everything. And, and by, by letting it go, it, it's interesting, like the synergies that have, have unfolded from that are, are incredible. We've connected with so many um, artists and musicians who contributed to the other films. And, you know, just a lot has, you know, we, we have connected with people recently who are supporting the Awaken the World initiative. Um, we, we have a sort of benefactor who's, who's recreating our website for us, um, you know, creating like a world-class website that's, that's going to be out in a couple months. So um, none of this we could have predicted. So, um, uh-huh. you know, I, I think it, it has been um, a journey. I feel I feel like it's, you know, it, we're, we're part of something, you know, because we people reach out from all different parts of the world you know, telling us how, you know, they're doing the same thing or that, you know, the film, like if they could have created the film, you know, that's the film they would have created. And, and, and it's, it's like, they're already doing the work. They're already doing this, this same sort of purification and, and evolution. So, you know, if anything, I, to me, it, it makes me feel that we're part of something bigger, you know, that it's, it's already happening and that, you know, we, you know, and it's, it's sort of a confirmation that, that we're, you know, we've, we've created something that has that sort of resonance. With, with That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know in our better days, uh, Brian and I feel that with this podcast, because people will approach us and say, well, I really like that one. And it's, it's really important, especially in this day and age of so much separation to feel like you're part of a movement, you're part of a growing family that uh, understands each other. And I I used to be part of a spiritual community where it was very easy to feel that Uh, a few years ago, I left it. So now I really look for, well, that's a, that's a soul, the same tribe. And that's a really good feeling to be able to support each other in this endeavor, which is not that popular in a cultural level. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's what really strikes me. You know, we have these, these online Zoom meditations and, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many people have seen the Samadhi films. I, I don't look, I don't look at the YouTube, I don't know, I don't look at the comments. I kind of forget sometimes that people see them. You know how mm-hmm. it is, you work on something, you work on something and, and it gets birthed. And then, I mean, we, we always have overlapping projects. So we always have two or three other projects that are probably in progress. Um, and so I, we just, you know, I just kind of hunker down and, so my inclination isn't to, I get a bit surprised sometimes when people reach out and say, hey, the film really had a, a profound impact. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, right. There's the films out there and, and people are seeing it. But we're really, I love what you said, Jonathan, about that community. 
because what I'm finding is there's so many people contacting us that is like, look, there's no one I can talk to about this. There's no one in my community. I don't have a meditation group or a teacher or a friend. You know, we don't consider ourselves teachers so much. It's just friends. You know, we're, we're friends in the path. We share our experience. We learn so much from other people's experience. And so these calls to me, I always, I, you know, I often, by the end of the call, I'm like, oh, my heart is so full because, you know, it, it's just such, even on these little squares on the screen, it's really um, surprised me how rich and real the connection is um, mm -hmm. coming together live and, and practicing together. And, and, you know, we do these one hour online meditations. We do a number of meditate two a week. We, we do now a 30 minute and a one hour guided meditation. And Dan and I kind of take turns leading it. And, um, Oftentimes we do the one hour sit and then our, our Q and a reporting sharing time is like three hours. And I'm like, Oh, we got to like try to trim that down. Cause that's like, it's, you know, cause people just, it's just such a beautiful space and, and to have that opportunity to connect and share our experiences mm -hmm. on this path has been to me, one of the most beautiful kind of byproducts of, of reaching these folks. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I think it, it does inform the, the stuff that we're working on as well, you know, being actually connected to people. And it's, it's amazing how it, it's, it's uncanny actually how, you know, the person you'll be talking to will bring something to light that is exactly reflected in, in what we're working on. So, to me, it's a, it's a giant feedback mechanism. Yes, I've heard a lot of people talk about a shift from the uh, master-disciple paradigm to the friend paradigm mm -hmm. in spiritual circles. And I've witnessed that myself. It's, you know, I, I, it's amazing the collective wisdom that's there among just the people you know and have met through following particular teachers or going to retreats or meetings or meetups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the guru is it is an archetype. So it is, you know, it's an it's a, a pattern, essentially. And, you know, if you to me, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I would want to take on, you know, a, a, an archetype or a mask of a, of a teacher, because then there's there's this expectation that you have to be a certain way and and you know you you sort of follow this this script so to me like to be truly free is to be free of being any kind of teacher or or guru and you know like to me the the real the purpose or the real sort of guru is just someone who has realized samadhi and they they just keep pointing you into yourself you know and they do that out of compassion and but they're not they're not playing some role to do that they you know like the the person that we are connected we we refer to him as our teacher um nico um but he he isn't he's he's living on a farm he's he's a farmer essentially just um living his life and but but he feels this incredible um desire to because of his own realization um he just he, he has a huge heart he just wants to help people to realize who they are so so he'll tirelessly work to that end um but but it's not you know he he has you know you'll show up and he's just in his rubber boots and he's he's like you know the most grounded person you'll ever meet so and to me that has been an, an amazing example to to let go of all this kind of spiritualized um 
you know, baggage and, and uh, nonsense because I, I created a strong spiritual persona at one point and, and um, when I was living with my ex-wife, um, we had a yoga meditation center and, and, you know, I definitely, I was, I had this idea of being something, you know, being this, this teacher and, uh, and it was, it was holding me back on my path. And, um, you know, of course, Nico, you know, gave me the sort of truth on that one and Tanya as well. So, um. Yeah, that can be pretty heavy. I went through that as well, where I was a teacher to about 40 people. And um, luckily at the time I had a teacher above me and uh, he eventually said, I, I think you're starting to uh, take and run with this and suggest I stop which I did, and, and that was really a springboard to um, a new level of growth. So really being teachers to each other, we all have a piece of the pie. I really appreciate the piece that you two bring because not many people have such a broad view that they can put it out into a way that other people get. Um, and your background, I mean, you go into neuroscience, you go into DMT, you go into aboga, you talk about chakras, you talk about, uh, you know, uh, I, I felt like every book I've read for the last 30 years is somehow mentioned in your movies uh, somewhere in there. Yeah, um, and that, that's really what it is. It's just, it's like a little kind of remnant of our journey, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a record of all the things we've explored, really, and, you know, that's it. Yeah, definitely not not experts in these areas and and um you know the like the the thing that excites me is like this sort of perennial truth or the perennial teaching and um you know like on the next next film um you know really what we what what excites me is what i'm seeing with these different traditions whether whether it's you know buddhism or sufism or or um vedanta there's a, there's this you know, they, they all have radically different practices, but there there's a sort of fundamental underlying mechanism to how it works, how how the whole sort of awakening and development process works. And and we're still trying to find simple language to convey that. But um but to me that is what excites me is is finding the connections be between all these traditions and getting to the root of what's actually happening energetically and i think it's you know the the basis of it is you're you're interrupting the pattern of you you know you all of these practices interrupt your you know what whatever conditioning is running they're they're like interrupters you know that's the the first part of it but um you know it's to me you know there, there's there's something that is is you know it's like a mystery to be solved you know to to find the language to to convey how that works and so mm -hmm. yeah. i think it's getting out there i i um last week i spent four days at a virtual tony robbins seminar do you know who he is oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know i i've followed his work for maybe 35 years and i found it fascinating how it's changed recently where he's now mm -hmm. talking more about interrupting your conditioning so you can get to your real identity as uh presence and awareness and love mm. and you know when 
when it came to a point where Tony Robbins, he had like 30,000 people at this retreat or this workshop, that it, it means that it's getting to lower, not uh, lower, but getting to more traditional parts of our culture. Mm -hmm. And, and there is a commonality there that we all want love. We all want peace. We all have our stuff. We have our triggers and these ancient traditions as you say, are all pointing us in a direction where we can get to that. And um, the buffet model works for some people. The guru model works for some people. Uh, mm -hmm. The yoga model works for some people. And in your movies, you haven't excluded any of that, which is not easy to do. Yeah, I think it's it's like I'm, that's amazing to hear that that Tony Robbins is is doing that. That's to me, it makes sense. You know that you know, his, his, um, you know, I've, I've only seen, you know, his movie and, and a few things, but, um, but there's so much energy there. And to me, you know, when that energy is alive, there is, there is an evolution. And to me, it makes perfect sense that he would be, you know, moving to the, the next level with all of it. So that's, that's really awesome. You know, I, I think it's a neat time right now. I think just this whole lockdown and everything is, you know, Nico was was saying that you know people they're they're sitting with their so much fear and so much um, you know just so many of these deep feelings that are normally hidden are right at the surface now and and if if we can you know really in in our sadhana in our practice we can just be with those deep feelings of of fear or whatever it is you know sadness or letting letting go of of the the whole um you know paradigm that we're attached to and just kind of burn in it you know just let ourselves burn in it you know that it's an incredible opportunity right now you know and if we i think if we if we bring those things out of the unconscious you know it's an opportunity and but also you know if they just fester if we don't bring the light to them then it can it can take us down at this time right now because that energy is, is, you know, it can be, it can be liberating or it can be, you know, turn into disease or whatever, you know, turning in, into, um, you know, what, what is the, um, in the, in the native tradition, there's, there's the Watiko. Have you heard of that? Where mm -hmm. the, uh, it's like the, um, you know, that, that inner energy or inner spirit, if it, if it is, um, it can sort of get captured by negative patterns. So it can become almost like a, you know, like a really demonic force. And we're, I think we're seeing that where people are getting overtaken by, you know, going into these protests and, 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 you know, they're turning violent and that. And, you know, so it can be, you know, if we can maintain the consciousness of that, that inner world, it can, it can take us to the light or it can take us to darkness, however we kind of harness it. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with Shinzen's work, he loves using formulas, you know, the math formulas. And, and I love that, you know, intensity times equanimity equals purification. And, and I just love, you know, um, Dan's mentioned our teacher, Nico, a few times. And I would go work with Nico and I would have a lot of fear. It was my ego. You know, I had a, like literally my body would vibrate with fear because I knew going to see him, you know, like there's no hiding. It's right. you're going for the, for the sword. And, and he would be like, you know, that's a good thing. Like all, and I, that 
fear that's filling you is, is an energy. It's a strength. So when you can shift your relationship to it, it's, a, it's an amazing, you know, accelerator in, in terms of our ability to, to, you know, access and purify um, some of that, you know, those blockages, those parts of, you know, myself, Sinkars, Sinkars, whatever you want to call them that are, that are stuck. Um, it's a great access point. Um, but I think, you know, with the caveat that it's great to have someone you can talk to about it, a, a friend or a teacher, because I think, you know, we've also been contacted, especially since COVID, quite a bit in the last few months by people really struggling, very fearful, um, strange phenomena happening, um, you know, just really nightmarish experiences. So, um, you know, I, I think it's really important that if we're going to turn towards some of these intense you know, in the intense challenges that we have some kind of support system in place because it can, it can be very disorienting and, and just straight up scary. It can be a very scary place to walk by yourself. So, um, you know, great place to go and explore, but maybe have a little rope to the barn when you do it. <laughs> great point. It's like the the hero's journey, you know, is is sort of manifesting. I think on on many different levels. You know, each individual is going through it, but I think, you know, now it's like we are we are descending into the nadir, sort of, you know, collectively right now. So, so there's, you know, and and it's I, to me it's fascinating what's happening on a collective level. You know, if you if you think about what the collective unconscious has been, sort of recycling for the last many years you know if you look on netflix and and you know or these these different things it's like showing us what's in the collective unconscious and i mm -hmm. think you know all of that is starting to you know come out of the you know in in you know personally and collectively now so i you know it's it's neat i think i think this is a kind of unique time where we we are actually seeing a shift of, of you know humanity itself to a different level it's like we're moving into sort of a post truth post duality post you know historical post everything you know so it's you know that that to me is exciting but it's also you know it's scary if you're if you're holding on to the old stuff it's it's um it's definitely not an easy ride you know? yeah uh, but I know you guys are going to lead us in a guided meditation, but Brian, I'm wondering if you have any last questions that you'd like to ask. Well, sure. Um, because, you know, we're awareness explorers and our specialty is uh, awareness practices, turning attention from the content of awareness to awareness itself. And for me, awareness is because it has no qualities and it's pure. It's the same in me in, as it's looking uh, in other words, what's looking out through my eyes is identical to what's looking out through your eyes and may even be the one universal awareness, the universe aware of itself. And focusing attention back to that creates a little shift of identity. So that was just a little summary of at least my thoughts about awareness. So I was curious if you might want to talk about how that jives with your um, views on samadhi and inner worlds, outer worlds. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know my my experience is um, you know in in Buddhism they they talk about um, 
the jhanas, you know, the, the sort of stages of meditative absorption. And, you know, like I've had, I've had many, many different awakenings. And so, you know, I think, you know, that it's, it's interesting. There's, there's a phrase in, in Zen, always being Buddha, always becoming Buddha, you know? So there's, there's this, this, you know, like that awareness is eternal. It's perfect. It, it needs no development process. You know, it just is, it's everything it is. It's all of this, you know? So, so in, and that's the, the cosmic joke when we awaken is, you know, we, we look at these practices and we go, what the hell, you know, this, this little character was doing all this stuff to try and awaken, but it's all, it's all that, you know, it's all that awareness. So, so it's, you know, so there is this sort of cosmic joke, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's this, this gravity of, of the spiral, you know, of Maya and, and that awareness gets obscured from itself, you know, it, it, it you know, so, so the, the jhanas or the, you know, these stages of, of absorption, you know, it's like we, we move through these, these developmental processes or we move, you know, or even in a, in a sit in our meditation, we can, we can drop these levels of mind and each level of mind that drops away, it's like a little awakening and it's like we become more present and, and there's more energy simultaneously. So, so, so there, it's this, this kind of paradox where, you know, we're, there's this stripping away, you know, this, this actual, um, you know, penetrating of Maya through these practices, but then, you know, you awaken to exactly where you started, you know, where, where you, where you are, you know, where you've always have been and that awareness, it's just, we, we think we have to do something to, to get to that. And, and it's, you know, it, that's the paradox. And the, the Zen teacher that, that I had, you know, he, he, he would always say, you, you have, you can just drop the struggle, just recognize who is struggling, you know, but then, you know, that struggler, he hears that. And then you're struggling to drop the struggle, you know, because you, you, so it's like you, this friction has to happen. And that's, that's the alchemy of meditation. You know, we, it's like we're stirring the pot and this alchemy is sort of happening. And, and then at some point, you know, you can't, you can't control that awakening, you know, awareness. It's, it's like, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> like, how could I forget? You know, but we, we do it over and over. So do you want to add to that? Tony? No, I think that was beautifully said. I, I'll just say that my, uh, Dan went into a 40 day retreat here at the center, um, over a year ago, I guess. And, and you talked about, um, techniques, Jonathan, a question. And so I'd go every day with Dan. I, I, you know, it was back and forth taking care of business and taking care of, you know, the online stuff. And, but I'd go and sit for many hours a day. And I was, I was using both some Shinzen young re, uh, techniques and also some Sal Po, Salvador Po techniques. And I was kind of integrating both. Um, through these 40 days and it was I think right at the end of the 40 days I went back I went home and I was lying in bed sleeping and I awoke to the sound of my own voice screaming there is no thorn and <laughs> and 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 I was like and that was I that was it it was all that it was that was that was it was and it, it I was shaking my I think my body shook for about two days it was just energetically such a jarring realization and I went to Dan and I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even know what was happening, but you know, he was there to kind of at least 
you know, had this kind of interaction with me and, and, and witnessed what happened. And within two days, um, my mind came back online and I didn't want to lose it. So then, then it yeah. was like pretending that it was still the case. And Dan kept calling on me. He's like, you've lost it. You've lost it. I'm like, no, I haven't. Screw you. And, and so, <laughs> and so, you know, that was very humbling because there became a moment and it was like, just, it was just so, it's such a heavy moment where I'm like, oh my God, he's right. I lost it. And yeah. just to be humbled and get back on the cushion and get back using those techniques. And even though this, this, you know, this, this understanding had awoken in me, I realized that that wasn't enough, you know, like that, that the ceiling fan still had some momentum yeah. and certainly, you know, it, it lost a lot of power in that moment in those two days. Um, like Dan said, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm as, as identified or yet as snagged so hard for so long, but, um, yeah, it, it, uh, I'm forgetting what the question was, but anyway. Well, you answered that, it though. Uh, okay. I thought you did a great answer. Okay. Oh, you talked about consciousness and yeah. So to me, it's, it's, it's trying to, um, to realize, and I think, you know, there's moments to this day when, and that's, that's the thing. It's not about a state that we reach in meditation. It's not about having a blissful, um, it's about like literally this moment, literally this moment here as it is what's arising and passing in every now, now, which is all there is now, the now. Mm -hmm. And so just taking some time, whether it's even a few minutes in a day to, to stop and to remember, um, to me, like, I think Dan said it very nicely, makes me more permeable. So mm -hmm. even if I get snagged and, and identified and reactive, um, it doesn't go on for weeks and months and years, you know, it, uh, the, the balloon can be popped a lot more easily. Yeah, yeah. I think well, speaking so. of which, uh, we oh, could perhaps funny. pop. We could perhaps pop that balloon now by having you guide us in a in a meditation. And awesome. uh, do you want to do yeah, that? Goes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. And you said about uh, five or ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. 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 So. We can um, just bring our awareness to whatever is happening in this moment. Just letting this moment be as it is. And for me, meditation is really recognizing what is happening here and now. And being in this moment in a way that is not mediated by my past or myself. So as we observe this moment, just notice any patterns that may be in play. Notice even the intention of meditating or trying to do something. You know, what, what am I doing? What, what do I want? Is there some wanting of this moment to be different than what it is? 
can I be here now? Accepting, being okay with what is. A lot of what pushes us out of this moment is our unconscious mind. So we can just take a moment to really feel what is happening in the mind. Is there a lucidity to this moment? Is there a real presence to this moment? There's nothing I can tell you to do to be here now. We don't want to add more doing to the mind. can only recognize what the mind is already doing. Just paying attention to whatever is arising in this moment, inhabiting the inner world, inhabiting the outer world, noticing how the mind is creating a sense of inner and outer. So we have this phenomena that is changing and we are aware this awareness is unchanging. Awareness has no quality. If we hold these two dimensions, the changing and unchanging, really penetrate not by doing but by being then even these two dimensions we may realize are not to
as they say in Zen, not one, not two. That was wonderful. I can tell you've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very, uh, I used to uh, be in a Zen monastery and that reminded me of those days. And mm. I really liked the clarity of that instruction, mm. uh, bringing us back to sanity in a somewhat insane world. Mm. Yeah, I I love Zen. I love the um, the simplicity and the impossibility to make sense of it with the mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and Brian looks blissed out, which is always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, it's been it's a been, yeah, a real treat, and you know, I, I just really appreciate how you've taken all that you've known and worked together to put out something that inspires people and reminds them of our true home. Now, you mentioned that Samadhi Part 3. Is that a film that's in the works now that hasn't been? Okay. It is, yes. Yeah, so Part 1 was sort of why Samadhi is important. Part 2 was what Samadhi is. And, and Part 3 is sort of how to realize samadhi, so it's about practice and about sadhana. So, so we, when does my non-samadhi mind get to experience this? Because it wants more. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. You know, people, we, we try not to let ourselves get pinned down because yeah. we, sometimes we'll create a film and it just won't be right and we have right. to toss it or scrap it. So yeah. we're hoping, you know, probably early next year, um, but it's not up to us ultimately. Right, right. I understand. I must feel right. So. And where can we find it when it comes out and find uh, the other uh, parts one and two and also inner worlds, outer worlds? Sure. So um, awakentheworld.com is the repository for all these films, and they're they're translated into about thirty different languages. Wow. Um, there's there's six um, six or seven narrated languages, and and the rest are subtitled. Um, so, um, awakentheworld.com, also YouTube, um, our, our YouTube, um, channel is Awaken the World Film, um, without an S. So it's just Awaken the World Film. Yeah. And you can watch any of the films for free, um, always, as well as access. We have some pre-recorded, um, guided meditation. So, um, mm -hmm. everything's released for free. Yes, and there, there's a, um, like with the Samadhi films, uh, we released, a, 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 it's the Samadhi Guided Meditation Series. It's a four-part series of meditations. So, so really, like the, you know, the practice part of it, um, we, we've really put into those guided meditations. Um, this, this next film will be about all forms of sadhana, so it'll be more broad. But really, if you want a, a, a practice that leads to samadhi, the, that four-part series is a great place to start. 
Well, all of those films and those meditations and your talking to us today is a real gift for our listeners. I'm so grateful that you could come on and share this with us. It's been really lovely. Mm-hmm. It's truly a pleasure. And I, I just wish we had more time, I'm, I, you know, as always. I'm like, oh, I could just sit here for a few more hours and make another tea. And I know, yeah. I know. And I have, I have pages of notes and other questions that <laughs> I could have asked. But I really do think, though, that you went in depth uh, anyway, even with the limited time we have. So um, we always tell our listeners, and I don't need to tell the two of you because you are real explorers, but uh, feel free to contact us on our website, awarenessexplorers.com, and tell your friends and tell your friends about their movies. And of course, most importantly, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.